Welcome everyone to tonight's satsang. <clears throat> and it's uh, always extraordinary to be celebrating the Maha Samadhi of Baba when he left his body 40 years ago tomorrow. And on this weekend, 40 years ago, I was at Gore Street in Fitzroy at the ashram there and I was running a two-day intensive on the Vigyana Bharava. <clears throat> and it was early on uh, Sunday morning, and I got a phone call from South Fallsburg. Baba was in India, but uh, the uh, president of the foundation called me up to tell me this uh, extraordinarily horrible news. Uh, and then, uh, you know, a couple of days later, we were all on a flight and uh, saw Baba's burial. But as Devi Ma said in her beautiful remarks, um, uh, although the person goes, the impersonal, the guru tattva, the shakti, does not go. And of course, I adored Baba's personhood tremendously. And I would give anything uh, to be able to see him again, and especially to bring all of you and introduce you all to him. I could just see him saying, I said, well, this one's this one, this one, that one. And Baba goes, mmm, mmm, mmm. Laughs. And, uh, <clears throat> anyway, it's 40 years that goes by in a... It's half your age. What? It's half your age. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's true, you know, that um, in my... Um, one of the last things I said to him was my 40th birthday. I went up to him. Was, I was in Ganeshpuri. And, um, and I said to him, I'm 40, Baba. He said, oh, that's really old. <laughs> and that was 40 years ago. And I thought, oh, I'm old. Look at you. I, said, I didn't say it. But, uh, and then when I left, Baba said, you won't be happy. No. <laughs> I said, thank you for letting me stay with you. Because uh, I'd spent six months there, and I usually he just kept me out in the field doing intensives. Uh, and he said, uh, don't thank me. This is your place. Uh, so. Can I have the Q&A So, well. <clears throat> anyway, um, oh, I, I wanted to tell you a great uh, yoga jazz led by Rishi, and I want to say that Rishi and Sharda were engaged this week. And also, one of, the, one of my favorite sports is uh, embarrassing Michael. Michael is a new grandfather. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very exquisite love torture. You'll never forgive me for that. <clears throat> so for the occasion of Baba's Samadhi, um, I went into my collection of Baba transcripts. And these are raw, unpublished, unedited uh, records of his talks on the world tours. And so I picked one out. Uh, and interestingly, it's, it's from Miami, on 16th of April, 1980, which would put it uh, in the third and his last world tour 
And um, a few months later, he came out to L.A. I was in L.A. at the time. Davey Ma was there. <clears throat> and I worked very hard to get Barbara to come to Los Angeles, where he was supposed to go. But somehow he got diverted to Miami, so I was really pissed off about it uh, at the time. But uh, in mentioning Miami, we have to give a thought, send a thought to uh, what's happening in Florida, a horrendous hurricane, um, the worst I think they've ever had. And um, uh, I called an old city yoga friend of mine, Chandra, who was there in the early days with me, and she told me that she had to vacate her house and that sheets of water were coming down the street, and so she was staying with friends, and extraordinary. So let us give a thought. <clears throat> Nature is upset. Why? What did we do? <laughs> but anyway, this is a transcript from a program in Miami, and um, it's uh, a typical nightly program, question-answer, uh, with a long prologue. Bob gives a, a, a bit of a, a talk, quite interesting talk, and then answers a few questions. And his, uh, he would have satsang every night there. Some nights were chanting nights where they'd just come in and have darshan and chant, and he would say a few things, but the, the ones that everyone loved were these question-answer nights. <clears throat> so uh, Baba begins by saying, Sabko varisanmane kesat premse hardik swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Baba says, This is my daily mantra. This is the essence of life. You should make your own self reveal itself to you and welcome it. As long as you don't welcome the self, as long as you don't perceive your own self, one day you have to repent. In India, there was a great guru called Jagat Guru Shankaracharya. We just called Baba Jagat Guru. Jagat is the world, the world guru. And uh, Shankaracharya was truly a world guru. Eighth century, lived in the eighth century. And he's very well known now for a couple of things. One was founding Advaita Vedanta, giving form to the teachings of Vedanta. And he also created the Das Nami order of sannyasis. He established four ashrams in four corners of India. And uh, the, the swamis all belong to one of those four ashrams. Uh, uh, we're members of the Saraswati order, which is in the south at the Sringari Mat. <clears throat> so he was very an important figure. And Baba says, in that way, there are many gurus. However, he was truly a great guru because he perceived the Lord in everyone. He also said, while lifting his finger, that means like this, not like that, like that, <clears throat> the Lord is in everyone, that everyone is equal. So that's a way of emphasizing that. This is the truth. I'm speaking the truth. <clears throat> He wrote a stotra, a hymn, while asking for forgiveness from the Lord. It is called Aparada Stotra. Um, and uh, Aparada uh, Shamapan Stotra 
which means begging pardon for offenses. Uh, so it's an interesting uh, stotrum, because Shankaracharya is admitting to all kinds of sins and insufficiencies and asking for pardon. Of course, <clears throat> he was such a great being, he certainly didn't need to do that. But what he was doing is taking on the role of the seeker and modeling how the seeker should do it. And it was a device because instead of haranguing everyone about what worms of hell they are, uh, he became it and he spoke it and then uh, there was a teaching in it. <clears throat> so that's this sutra. I'll read you a couple of things and then an outline of it. He, he wrote, first verse goes, due to the karmas of my previous births, I was born inside my mother's womb. Now, you know, in Western psychology, um, where I think Freud said the womb, being in the womb is considered heaven. Isn't that right? And then you have birth trauma and you're thrust out into the world and you're miserable then. Uh, very different to the, according to this idea. I was born inside my mother's womb and placed between urine, excreta, and heat. Everything was sheer unhappiness. <laughs> That's a different version of the, what happens inside there. You're just over here. There's a go oh, here. There's the this part of the. <clears throat> I was burnt a lot by the heat of the digestive. <laughs> Who should? Oh, I'm sorry, Sharda. Don't listen. <laughs> oh, but that's true. I, this is terrible. <laughs> and possibly no one can describe the sufferings that I underwent there. And so, Shiva Shambo, be pleased to pardon my faults and my sins, O oh, Mahadev, O oh, Shiva. And then it goes on. This, I'm giving you, I'll give you a summary. You want to hear a summary? Okay. Yeah? <laughs> Sankaracharya says, my childhood was painful. I had many illnesses. In youth, I was obsessed by pleasure and external desires. In old age, because of my sins, my body was in pain and my mind was weak. He died at 32, so, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> I could not understand the rules of Dharma, nor did I have faith in it. I did not perform rituals properly. I did not do Abhishek of the Shiva Lingam. And we know we have imported a beautiful, huge Shiva Lingam, which is now in the crate, and it's crying to get out <laughs> and have Abhishek perform to it. So soon that'll happen. Um, <laughs> we have to get out before we die so that we don't have to say this. I did not give charity, I did not give charity to the Brahmins, nor did I do, did I do the fire sacrifice, the yagna. Nor did I sit in a lonely place and meditate and awaken the kundalini shakti by means of contemplation of the breath. I never learned to calm my mind and transcend the body. I never learned to focus on the third eye and identify with you, O Shiva, who is pure and unattached. So Sankarachara is saying, you should tell everyone what they should be doing, see, by this device. It's called a literary device. 
I like saying that because 40 years ago, I used to use that all the time in my literature classes. <clears throat> uh, o Lord, now it goes into a different mood. O Lord, who wears the moon as an ornament and carries the Ganges in his head, who wears snakes and who is the Lord of the three worlds, please show me the path to liberation, for what is the use of anything else? O oh my mind, what is the use of riches, charity, horses, friends, cows, wife and son? What is the use of this body, which can be destroyed in a second? Meditate, my mind, on Lord Shiva. Saying, have your priorities right. This birth is not about all these, these side issues, but it's about the main course, which is to know the self. Listen, he says. Life is slipping away, youth disappears. The days that are gone do not return. Time swallows the world and nothing is permanent. Oh Lord, whatever faults or mistakes I've done with mind, body, or speech, oh compassionate one, please forgive me. It is your nature to bless all. That's uh, Shankaracharya's hymn. And Baba goes on and quotes it and talks about it. <clears throat> but now you know what, it, what that is. Baba says, in that hymn, Shankaracharya said, the yogis or the knowers of the supreme principle, they meditate on the self. And while meditating on the self, they attain the self, Shiva. They reach the higher chakra. And there they still their mind and prana, their life force, the breath. In the thousand-petal lotus, they see their divine form as the effulgent flame and become ecstatic. Baba's extrapolating from the, from the text. <clears throat> there they attain the essence of the Vedas. The Vedas say, thou art that. And the, the Vedas, uh, one of the great statements in the Vedas is, thou art that, it means your essential nature, you are one with the divine. You are the self, your consciousness. And Shankaracharya made much of that. He used these great statements from the Upanishads and the Vedas, and he made a whole teaching based on that. And if you just contemplate those, Aham Brahmasmi and Tatvamasi, thou art that, uh, you can attain the ultimate. He says, the Vedas say thou art that, and they, the sages, experienced that. The essence of the Vedas was revealed to them. <clears throat> they merge into the supreme principle, which is effulgent and serene. However, Shankaracharya said, O oh Lord, I did not reach that chakra. I did not merge into that and attain you. And Baba says, Shiva is the benefactor of all. Shankar brings good fortune to everyone. Pray to Mahadev. Mahadev is another name of Shiva the great Lord, the Lord of all deities. O Shambhu, another name of Shiva. O Shiva, due to Ambika, the Shakti, you have become great. In the Shakti intensive, I will speak about that, he says. Little plug for his coming up intensive. <clears throat> and especially for, since it's Navratri, where Baba's Samadhi obtains, we should always celebrate the Shakti also, who's one with Shiva. Uh, Baba goes on. 
Shankaracharya continued, O oh Lord, I only ate and drank, and that's how I led my life. Will you please forgive all my mistakes? I could not attain you the way other yogis and knowers of the truth attain you. Therefore, O oh Lord, will you please forgive all my mistakes? O oh, compassionate Shankara, I do not know what I have done. I haven't thought about what's happening to me. O oh, compassionate Parmashiva, as I watch my life, my lifespan continues to decrease. <clears throat> Baba said, now Baba gives personal thing. Baba says, when I was young, I had such a strong body. I had the pride that I could twirl my mustache and I could pull the tusk of an elephant. <laughs> you know, Baba always say, this is the way they talked about mustaches, they twirl, this shows great arrogance, twirl, twirl your mustache. He says, where was it in, uh, uh, there was some, what? Rajasthan, I think. They all wore mustache and they would twirl them. Uh, and he pulled the tusk of an elephant. Even that has left me. It is true, there was a day when I could hit an elephant, but now the elephant would throw me away. <laughs> now, at the time we had the elephant in Vijay in the ashram. Shankaracharya continued, Baba continued saying, Shankaracharya continued, my youth has decreased, my days have gone, they will never return, they're just gone, the lifespan will never come back to me. And Baba said, people don't understand how time, how death is eating them. So time devours people. Time or death devours the entire world. Without your understanding, without your understanding, devours the whole world without their understanding. When a tiger, <laughs> this is very lurid, when a tiger hunts another animal and eats it, you can really watch it eating it. When we eat something, others can see that we're eating something. He says, but time is devouring things and no one's noticing it. <clears throat> 40 years have gone by in a flash since Baba told me that. Yep. Shankaracharya says, oh, Parma Shiva, time is devouring everything and everyone, but nobody notices it. Nobody understands it. Baba says, within 15 days, I will be 72. <clears throat> 72 he was. And time has eaten up my time, and I don't even know that. I didn't even know that. I wasn't even aware of that. It has eaten my lifespan. In this way, time is eating the entire world. Baba says, Shankaracharya said, I live with the hope of Lakshmi, attaining the goddess of wealth. She is so fickle, like the waves. She is like lightning, so fickle. Lakshmi is fickle goddess. You have her grace, you get rich. Then she takes it away, and so on. And now the only support I have is to take refuge in you and nothing else. Only if I take refuge in you and attain you within can I really live. If I attain you in my heart, <clears throat> even once I will feel you in the entire world and then I can spend the rest of my days happily. If I can get to that place inside, I'll see God everywhere. Baba says, Shankaracharya continued, Oh, Parmashiva, how are you hidden? But if you, now you are hidden, but if you reveal yourself from within, if you manifest 
from within, then I will lose myself in you. Then I will become you. I will become Shiva. Then no matter where I look, I will see only you. Then I will see you with the ecstasy of love through these eyes. And then I will flow in that ecstasy. Then I will perceive you in everyone. I will perceive your all-pervasive form. There's a place inside. We touch that place. Our whole life, our whole vision is transformed. Instead of seeing depletion and lack, misery, instead of thinking of our whole life as one long complaint, one long insufficiency, we see a fullness, we feel love, we feel completeness. And that's all potential within us. Baba said, so the great being, this is Shankaracharya, was asking for forgiveness from the Lord. He was saying, oh Lord, I did not see you. For this reason, please forgive me. And Baba says, though a person lives, still he does not see the pure and clean supreme principle which exists within. Nor does he spend his time with great beings like them. What do you think he meant by them? He meant, he would, at that point, he would point to the, the pictures on the walls. He always had pictures of great beings on the walls. Oh, we do too. <laughs> <laughs> he said, like them, like them. Didn't keep company of, with beings like them. A person eats the same food every day. A person drinks the same drink every day. And then one day he just leaves. Is this all he earns? Baba says, Shankaracharya says, Oh Lord, let me perceive you everywhere uh, with the love of ecstasy and the ecstasy of love. Let me flow in that love and ecstasy. Baba said, It's very true that everything that exists in this world is a unique and strange image. And you will understand that only when you recognize your own self. Another great being said, and this is, here Baba quotes a text that he quotes also in Play of Consciousness. And it's really the Shaivite vision that he gives expression to. Joyous uh, Shaivite vision. Not like that poem, which is not so joyous. Another great being said, this world is the beautiful garden of Shiva, of the Lord, so that you can take walks in it with great joy. This does not exist so that you can have attachment, aversion, jealousy, or envy, or hatred. This does not exist for you to fight with other people and just die. The world is the garden of Shiva, so you can walk in it with great joy. This is the tantric view. The world is the play of consciousness. The world is divinity. <clears throat> Baba says, don't burn in the fire of desires, wanting this and wanting that. Whatever comes to you through God's grace, accept it. Don't stop it. Do not worry about anything. Be ecstatic in the garden of Shiva. People who go, who go let them go. With great joy, give them blessings. Don't hate them. This world is an image created by Shiva. This reminds me of Epictetus' banquet, doesn't it? Where you sit at the table. It's also uh, the, the river that uh, in, uh, what is it, in uh, Siddhartha, the, the novel Siddhartha, Herman Hesse's novel, where he sits at the river 
and the river flows by, bringing things down the river, and then they go. In Epictetus' feast, food is served, you take some, then it goes down the table. And that's the way we should live our life. What comes, accept it. What goes, let it go. Baba says, it's due to the lack of understanding, you don't know it, and because of that you betray yourself. Without recognizing Shiva, who permeates this entire world, you understand this world as something else, and for no good reason, you fear. Therefore, becoming, therefore the coming intensive is going to be a special intensive on Shiva. <laughs> Another plug. Now your questions. So that's the, his opening wrap. Very uh, relevant for, for, for Mahasamadhi, isn't it? <clears throat> Question. That's a terrific idea. Good, show me. <clears throat> so this is Baba on tour in the West. Yeah. What else do you have? Mr. Tambourine Man. Uh, leading a chant. Where was that? In, that, uh, in Fallsburg or Oakland? Could be Oakland. I don't know. Should I tell you my tambourine story? Yeah, tell us. Uh, yeah, OK. So we went to uh, we travel with Baba from Australia to the West Coast. And we got to uh, San Francisco area, and we stayed in a, in a house uh, in Piedmont, which is kind of an a upmarket area of the Bay Area. <clears throat> and the programs were very small then, filled with a living room. And so uh, uh, I needed, to, we, we didn't have any clothing, you know. Uh, a couple of loogies I had, but. <clears throat> so I, I went to Baba with uh, Girija and with my friend Ram, and we said, we have to go to San Francisco to buy some clothes. And he said, okay, he says, and he told me, he says, buy me a tambourine. And, I, and, um, and so we went, and I, it had the strangest effect on me, <laughs> because it transformed it from just, you know, a selfish shopping trip to this holy thing. And I realized what uh, doing the guru's work is. I was electrified by this thing. I couldn't think of anything else. And uh, it was extraordinary. So I went to music shops and I found a tambourine. <laughs> and also, we got some clothes and uh, we came into satsang. We had a, I bought a jacket and pants and Ram did. And we came in, and Baba says, oh, is that my Ram? Is that my Shankar? He goes, <laughs> I gave him the tambourine. And he says, no good, throw it away. <laughs> he played it. But I don't know how long you know, he played it. <clears throat> I forgot that story from my book. I should have put it in. Oh, it's, too, it's too romantic, isn't it? <laughs> Mr. Tambourine Man, is another one? Is that it? One more. Uh, this is Guru Mai, Malti, the translator, translating Baba on tour at one of the places. Yeah. Great. Okay. 
couple of questions, and then we can meditate. And of course, the questions are always the best part. Uh, this is from Niranjani Galloway. How can I purify my mind and heart so I can experience Shiva instead of my negativity? Is that a relevant question? Very much so. Baba says, the mind itself is not impure. The external thoughts come into the mind, so you should discard them and then make it Shiva. You know, it's interesting because um, Aurobindo used to talk about the thoughts coming in from outside. And some people think of the thoughts as coming in from outside, and some think of them coming up from the, from the storehouse inside. But even so, even in that case, the thoughts are external to the self. They're outside. The self is interior to that. So he's saying they're, just, they're not part of the mind. They're just external. And you can get rid of them. He says, the mind is like the water of the ocean. Whatever dirt falls into the ocean, in the waves, throw them... Uh, no, whatever dirt falls into the ocean, the waves throw them onto the beach. The ocean does not keep anything within itself. Because it didn't know about the current uh, uh, ocean of plastic that's out there. But, but um, in the same way, the mind is very clean and pure. Don't let the garbage, the filth, stay there. Throw them away. Then Shiva will reveal himself to you. So that's a dharana. That's a contemplation. Your mind is pure. Give up thinking about your mind as a cesspool full of disgusting tendencies and horrible movements. Right, you sinner. Now give, give up that conception and think of your mind as pure and that you can throw out all the crap that comes in. Get back down to the essence. He says, <clears throat> throw them away, then Shiva will reveal himself. Your heart is also already pure because God dwells there. You can't make your heart impure at all. <clears throat> now this is the disease of the weak mind because you lack understanding talking to her. The heart is completely pure. It is not impure at all. God permeates the heart completely. She's asked if she could, how she could purify her heart and mind. Baba gives her higher understanding. Your heart and mind are already pure. <clears throat> there isn't room for any garbage. Due to your wrong understanding, our wrong understanding, we betray ourselves. Just a little while ago, I read that poem. Because the person does not have the right understanding. He fears, he has fear, he eats fear. But if you don't know how to eat knowledge, then you eat fear. Question, Suvarna. What is karma? You <laughs> must not like that question. He gave a very short answer. Karma is, a, is an action which the person performs through the mind, the speech, the body, and the senses. <clears throat> Why would Baba not like that question? It's kind of an academic question, isn't it? It's not like, how can I get rid of my bad karma? That would be a yoga question. Question, Sangeeta. Dear Baba, please speak to us on the nature of patience. <laughs> uh, okay. This is the last one. 
but it's a long answer. <clears throat> we can be patient. Hmm? We can be patient. Can you? Uh, Bible says a person should learn patience. <laughs> now a person is tested in his patience and his self-control. The purer you become, the sign of patience or self-control shines forth. And the test meter of complete purity is complete patience. That's all. Patience and self-control are one and the same. And now he tells a story which he told many times in India. <clears throat> Once a sadhu, a holy person, Swami, was taking a dip in a river and a dobi, a washerman, was washing his clothes. The sadhu, after finishing his bath, went on the bank and sat under a tree while meditating on God. The washerman said, I just finished eating my food. I want to go and take some rest. <clears throat> now, therefore, you should watch my donkey, which is very inappropriate for the, the washerman, the dobi, to be telling the, the swami. <clears throat> now, the sadhu wanted to meditate so he could watch God, not the donkey. And the washerman wanted him to watch his donkey. Still, the sadhu was immersed in his own chanting, and the washerman was immersed in his own sleep. When he woke up, he looked around, and there was no donkey. <clears throat> the Swamiji was sitting there. He said, this is the washerman said, Oh, Babaji, get up, where is my donkey? The sadhu said, hey, you fool. What makes you think I'm sitting here to watch your donkey? showing pride, right? The washerman said, what do you mean? After all, you are a sadhu. Couldn't you give me some help? I'm supposed to serve people. Couldn't you take care of my donkey? The sadhu said, does a swami exist to gaze at a donkey? <laughs> In this way, the conversation was getting hotter and hotter. It got hotter and hotter. They rolled up their sleeves. They began to fight. This one hit him, the other hit him too. The washerman had eaten a lot of food and his body was very strong and sturdy because his muscles were very strong because he was washing clothes every day. You know, they beat it on, on the rock and they do that, it's very strong. <clears throat> However, the sadhu only meditated every day, so he had a very emaciated little body. So the washerman dumped the sadhu on the ground and sat on his chest. <laughs> and he gave him three or four blows and let, let, then let him go. <laughs> Later, when the sadhu was alone, he prayed, Oh God, I've been praying to you so long. You did not listen to my plea. For so long, I loved you. You did not come to help me at all, even a bit. Immediately, a voice came down from heaven. The voice said, Oh brother, I came to help. I was right there, but I could not distinguish between the washerman and the sadhu. I could not tell the difference. For this reason, I did not help you. <clears throat> Even if the washerman gave him two blows, the sadhu should have kept quiet. But he didn't. He should have been more patient. If somebody says something to you, if somebody does something to you, you should learn how to forget that and just keep quiet. That is patience. 
This is self-control. If your life lacks self-control, then it's not the right life. I got another short one. One more? Isn't that great? <laughs> you couldn't tell the difference. Kishori. <laughs> uh, Dear Baba, could you talk about the difference between blind faith and faith in the Guru? Baba, when a person develops devotion without thinking, without the right understanding, that is called blind faith. He trusts anybody, he worships anything. If anybody says anything, he believes it. He believes in others' words without investigating. There are many people who have blind faith. It is, a called, it is also called not having the right eye. The opposite is having the right eye, the eye of knowledge, right understanding. Before you surrender, you find that if this is the true guru, if one has attained perfection, if he could give perfection to others, if one has that shakti, after knowing that, if you surrender then, that is having true faith in the guru. That's Baba's answer. And normally Baba would then say, yes, everything else is fine. Now we'll sit quietly for a few minutes, then we'll all go to our respective places. Once more, I welcome you all with all my heart. Satgunat Maharaj Jai. So we'll sit quietly now for 10 minutes, and then uh, we won't quite go to our respective places. We'll say hello to everyone watching online, but then we'll go to our respective places. So let's meditate now for 10 minutes. Once again, with great love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Satgunat Maharaj Kijay.